Welcome to the Escaping the Accountant's Trap podcast. It's a podcast to help accountants, CPAs, and bookkeepers escape what we call the accountant's trap, where accountants are trading time for money. Well, how do you escape the trap? We're going to learn directly from a CFO and a member of the CFO project, Lacey Harner. Lacey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm really excited when I get to talk with fellow CFOs and you're a member of the CFO project. Um, so, Lacey, let me ask you, starting off, why did you want to become a CFO or business advisor in the first place? I mean, you were an accountant. Why did you want to become a advisor? Well, um, I can expound on this if you want, but I would say the short of it is I was tired of seeing business owners, good people, passionate about what they do, running their business into the ground. And I knew that I had the foundational skill set that I could help them. And... I wanted to see them succeed. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. What, like describe one of the first clients that you worked with. How did you, how did you know that, all right, this person needs help and they need my help and I can actually help them. How, like, what, describe the situation with the, the particular client and, and the type of business they had. Oh gosh, like one of my first ones. I don't know. There's so many. So um, <laughs> a little bit about my background is that initially I focused on tax strategy. Okay. And what I was seeing is that a lot of people were so consumed by reducing their tax liability that they would do that at all costs, even at the cost of making poor long-term decisions mm. that would allow them to grow a profitable business. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have one particular client in mind where I saw that, but it, it was the majority of them. And uh, that's when I realized, okay, I need to shift my focus. Tax strategy is great, but not at the cost of running your whole business into the ground. So right. um, it was helping them see that there's, there's more to it. There's other things that you want to consider and tax is just one of those components. Absolutely. And, and I think that a lot of, a lot of accountants focus on tax because that is their lens, but your client is focused on the whole business holistically. They, they're, they're trying to grow a successful business. And, and if you're only focused on tax, it's just one piece of the pie and they would rather, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's like they rather you help them with everything, not just tax. Sure. If they could look out two, three, four, five years into the future and see that maybe they didn't actually need that $100,000 piece of equipment or didn't right. need that new vehicle. Right. I mean, it felt good in the moment, that instant gratification of it, you know, drastically reduced their tax bill, but it actually cost them down the road. And if they can understand that and see that and like just really tap into the big picture of it, then um, not everybody is going to choose that, but I think a lot of them would if they just knew their options. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned that you know you're you're passionate about helping businesses succeed, which is the exact same reason I got into this as well. Why do you think working with a lot of businesses? Why do you think most of them don't succeed? Why do you think most businesses fail? I mean, it's because it's a fact. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, half of all businesses fail by their fifth birthday. 80% fail by their 10th birthday. Why? Why yeah. is that? It's interesting because as a business owner, they are a unique breed of people. They yeah. are very good at their craft or they put a lot yeah. of thought and effort into their product. They're very passionate about what they do. They're driven, motivated. Like they've got all these fantastic qualities. What would possibly hold them back? 
Right. They're lacking the financial insight. They don't actually know what to do with the data. So they might get their tax return or get their financial statements, but it means nothing to them. And so they, they don't know if they can expand right, right now or if they should wait a little while. They don't know if they're going to have cash one month from now or if they need to reserve a little bit. They So they're kind of just operating off of gut feeling. And that's not really a way to operate a business. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we all know that that the only number that matters is cash flow. <laughs> not revenue, not profit, cash flow. And yeah. cash flow is a financial concept. And most yeah. business owners are just not not in tune with how to improve a financial concept because they're not financial people. Like yeah. you said, they're experts at their craft. Yeah. I had um, one business owner just recently. So we do this um, I guess exercise for backup, uh, lack of a better word, but we will run their weekly cash flow forecast. And so we were able to see that in um, mid February, he was going to run out of cash based on the way he was tracking. Yeah. And so within one week's time, he went out, got some new business because, you know, he needed to figure out a plan before February. He went out and got some new business. We made some adjustments to his bills. And now in one week's time, we were forecasting and we're seeing he's actually fine all the way till mid-March and actually even after that. So he just bought himself one month simply by making a few tweaks. And that was, that was just the start of it because he's continuing on with what he needs to do now. And so um, by week two of meeting up with him, he had already moved the projected forecast to, and actually he's fine for the rest of the year. So now we're tackling other things instead of just like, Hey, don't run out of cash. Now it's like, now yeah. you've got cash. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to save up for your tax liability? Are you going to hire somebody? We get to make all these other decisions now, but had he done that a couple of weeks ago, he would have actually just, um, it would have increased or I guess um, shortened the amount of time before he ran out of cash. Yeah. It wasn't time yet. He needed to go get those resources first. Yeah. He, his, his options would have been limited oh, sure. if you hadn't pointed that out. <laughs> and he would have been feeling it really by the time he felt it, it would have been too late. He would have yeah. been in a cash crunch. Yeah. And, and I think that's so important that the, 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 the reason I like talking about things like this to accountants and bookkeepers is because we, we have to understand and put ourselves in the mind of a client, of a business owner, mm-hmm. and, and understand what they're facing because they're not numbers people. And like you said, they're, they're sort of running based off a gut feel and they're good at what they do. They, maybe they're good, they're good at selling or they're good at operations of their business and they just need somebody that they could trust to to sort of guide them. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the role we fill. And if we can do that, we'll be able to charge a lot more money than just off of just basic account, uh, tax counting, bookkeeping services. Oh, that's the best part of it is because as (laughs) like when I was starting out debating, you know, like, do I want to focus on bookkeeping? Do I want to focus on tax? And I thought, well, tax is going to be the more prestigious one and I'll be able to charge more, but come to find out business owners don't really value either one of those services, Yeah. but what they value and appreciate is when I can help their business, not just survive, but thrive those conversations are exciting and I feel like I'm making a real difference and they know we're making a real difference. And so they, they just, they value it. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I mean, you know, on the laundry list of things that business owners have to think about, I mean, accounting and tax and bookkeeping falls to the bottom because it's like a necessary evil. I mean, I guarantee you if business owners could vote 
to get rid of having to do books and taxes ever again, they probably would. <laughs> would. Even though we all know as accountants and bookkeepers that they're valuable, they can be valuable because of the insight you can get from them, but they don't value them. Yeah. And when they don't value something, they're not going to pay for it and they're not going to pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. But if you can all of a sudden become the person that not just records the past, but they can help them have a better future, then they will pay attention to you. Oh, of course. And your value will go up. <laughs> yes. And bookkeeping and tax, it's a necessary evil, but it's not fun um, yeah. growing the businesses. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, Adam here from the Escaping the Accountant's Trap podcast. I'd like to personally invite you to a free masterclass that we're conducting this Thursday called How to Start a CFO Service. To register, just go to thecfoproject.com and click free training at the top. See you then. I remember when I first became an accountant after college, my job was literally to record the past for this company, this large company. And although I liked where I worked, just the, the idea of just sitting there recording the past without being able to influence the future was just mind-numbingly, mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> it's so boring. And all the little transactions, it's just nobody wants to do it. I don't even know that the accountants want to do it. It's just they don't know what else is available. Right, right. No, I agree. And, and I think... You know, accountants as a whole, and I'm, when I say accountants, CPAs, bookkeepers, every, we're, we all have this collective experience and knowledge that can be so valuable to your clients, but most accountants aren't getting paid for that experience or knowledge. They're just not. And, you know, the average, the average accountant, I saw the statistic, the average accountant is making $73,000 a year. To me, that's working crazy. Working a lot of hours, I am sure. Yeah, working a lot of hours, and it's you're you're not you're not getting paid what you're worth. You should be getting paid a lot more, but unfortunately, the marketplace dictates how much you get paid. And sure. the marketplace, whether accounting is important or not, the marketplace doesn't lie. The marketplace dictates what something is valued at, and in order for you to get paid more, you've got to be valued more in the eyes of who's buying your services, which is business owners. I completely agree. And I think, I mean, not only is it hard to have the time to provide that extra insight, if you're also doing the compliance side of things, doing the bookkeeping, doing the tax returns, but also just having the language that resonates with the business owners. Um, As an accountant, I wasn't taught that in college. Mm. Uh, I didn't know how to speak in such a way that business owners could actually take it in and do something like take action that would make changes in their business. So for me, that was a learning curve is that I needed, even though I could read the numbers myself and I knew what to do with them, I needed to figure out how to convey that to my clients so that they knew exactly what they needed to do next in order to see the changes in their business that they needed to. Yeah. This is a good point because a, a lot of people come in uh, or you know, they come to me and think of CFOing or being a business advisor is like being the CFO for a very large business like Coca-Cola mm-hmm. <laughs> or General Motors. And it, it, it's not, it's completely different because we have to have a very different skill set when dealing with small and medium-sized businesses. And to your point, one of those skill sets is being able to communicate. Mm-hmm. You could be the best CEO or sorry, best uh, uh, CPA in the world 
You could be also the best CFO in the world, but if you can't communicate to a client, help them understand their numbers in a way that makes sense to them and help them understand what their next steps are, then none of it matters. <laughs> I was talking to a client the other day and I was asking her a few questions and um, she said, I, I don't know. My tax accountant has tried to talk to me about this, but every time yeah. she talks to me, I just want to pull my eyeballs out. Like oh I don't goodness. know what she's saying and I can't make sense of it. It was just like her whole demeanor changed when she started talking about what she feels like when she has to listen to her accountant talk. And I yeah. just, I lit up on the inside because I thought <laughs> I used to be one of those. Yeah. Uh, I get it. But um, there, there is a way to communicate the same information, but to communicate it in a way that they can understand and know exactly what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. It's like going to the dentist and the dentist, you know, the looks in your mouth and then talks to you for 10 minutes in dentist language uh -huh. using these met these, these acronyms and insider language that dentists use about your teeth mm -hmm. and not making any sense. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. Just tell me, are my teeth right. healthy? Am I good? Right. What do I need to do now? <laughs> How many cavities do I have? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what's the next step? Like mm -hmm. the, make it clear and easy. I mean, people don't like going to the dentist as it is, but especially if you're not make, if the, if the, if you don't really like the dentist and they're speaking in a foreign language, that's going to make it even worse. So imagine your client's interaction with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I was just at the dentist last week and I thought <laughs> it was such a pleasant experience because they were able to just speak to me in normal words, have the relationship with me, and then, of course, they made sure that they did their job that they needed to, but they didn't have to bog me down with all of the details. They could just tell me the next step. And I got to leave and feel like that was a really great experience. I'm not confused about what I need to do next. Right, right, exactly. Because I think if we, you know, Donald Miller, he wrote a, he wrote, um, he wrote a book. <laughs> what was the book called? Uh, I'll think of it in a second. But he had a, he had, he's a marketing expert. Mm -hmm. And a story brand. That's the yes, name of the book. I was trying Highly, to do it for you too. And it wasn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend it. But he said, it, he says a, a quote all the time. If you confuse, you lose. Mm -hmm. And not, I would say not only you lose as the, as the CFO because, or the accountant, because if you're confusing your client, you're never going to upsell them to an advisory service. Yeah. And you're not going to probably retain your clients for a long time, but you're also the, the client is losing because they're, they're not getting valuable help or insight in their business so they can stay in business. Sure. I mean, it's like, it's like if you were the accountant for the Titanic, you theoretically did your job, right? You recorded the past correctly and you know, you did your job, but the Titanic still sunk. Uh -huh. <laughs> Does it really help? <laughs> what happened? What went wrong right. here? Where was the miscommunication? Right, right. The, so, I mean, so let me shift gears just for a moment. Um, what percentage of your week is spent doing CFO work, advisor work versus, you know, tax or, or other accounting services? Um, well, I'm in the middle of transitioning because I realized a few years ago that my my, um, I, I read a book recently called the, 
the genius zone, the zone of genius, I think. And I realized that I am in my zone of genius when I am doing CFO work, Mm -hmm. but I was actually doing a lot of tax compliance work and tax strategy, which I'm really good at. That would be my zone of excellence, but I am intentionally working to have more of my time every day in my zone of genius. And I'm loving it. I get to walk away from my day just excited about knowing that I'm, I am operating at my best and that I'm really helping other people and other business owners. So I would say I didn't really answer your question. Um, I would say I'm maybe up to about 50% of my days. I get to function as a CFO. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I started my CFO firm, I didn't do tax or bookkeeping. I just literally started a CFO firm because I sold my business uh, in a completely different industry. And the reason why I, I sold it is because all these people in the, in that industry were asking me for help. <laughs> and I realized it dawned on me one day that, that I took for granted the fact that I understood numbers. Cause I used to be an accountant turned business owner mm-hmm. and all these other business owners were asking for help. And it's like, these people are lost. They're flying blind. They they're making decisions based on what they know Mm-hmm. with their, their limited understanding, even though they're doing the best they can, it's no wonder they struggle. It's no wonder they fail. And so when I hung out my shingle of offering a CFO service, I got to capacity in within about a, month, a year and a half, I was at 17 mm-hmm. clients. And is because this message of being a, a human that talks to other humans in a plain language resonate. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, let me ask you, Lacey, you're, you've been in the accounting industry for a while. Where do you see the future of this industry? CFO specifically? or I would say the, the accounting industry in general, just as a whole. Where do you see the accounting industry as a whole? Do you think it's leaning more towards advisory or do you think it, um, it, that that technology, AI, and all this is going to disrupt what our accountants, traditional accountants, are doing today. I guess where do you see the the average accountant today in say ten years? AI is going to take over the bulk of it, and it's already starting. And I think the community at large is beginning. I don't know if I would say panicking. Maybe some people are panicking because they're doing kind of lower level compliance work that it's AI is going to be taking over their jobs swiftly. So making a shift as an accountant, making a shift into advisory services and things that no machine can replace being able to have the conversations and being able to provide that unique insight. So um, if we can start to evolve to just recognize that's where the industry is heading and to make sure that we all have that skill set in place, then I don't think that we are replaceable by AI if we're able to add that advisory component. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I, I really wasn't trying to lead you to that answer, but I was kind of hoping you would say that. Well, I was already about to say it, and then you jumped in and started saying it. So, um, but that's the conversation right now is that yeah. people are beginning to panic and recognizing they need to have a plan in place so that they have um, a living and they have a job yeah. in their future. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up a really good point. As long as business owners are, uh, sorry, as long as businesses are owned by humans, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's always a place for them to seek out other humans for help. Sure. And and a relationship cannot be replaced by a machine. Now, I personally think that 
that technology and AI, whatever it's going to end up looking like, will be a good thing for the accounting profession because it will allow accountants to delegate or relegate those low-level tasks to mm-hmm. a machine, essentially, so that they can focus their time on yeah. being a, an advisor to clients, which is really what their clients want them to do anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I'm not sure that they really love doing all of that data entry type of work right. anyway. So oh, I think change is always hard and, and feels scary if that's all you've done in the past. But there is a future available to you. And it's going to take a little bit of effort to, to learn that and be able to provide it. But it's definitely there and available. And so yeah. once you kind of get past that, that maybe a mental block of like uh, resisting that change, it's really amazing on the other side. It's it's yeah. a lot more enjoyable and just brings so much more, um, I don't know, like peace for me, knowing that I am doing a better job of helping people rather than just clickety-clackety on my keyboard. Right. <laughs> right. I agree. I can almost imagine somebody, if podcasts exist in, like in, in 1982, <laughs> us having the same conversation about computers. Like, what do you think mm-hmm. about this newfangled thing called com- microcomputers? <laughs> Is it going to replace accounting? Well, clearly not, but it helps accountants do their job better. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, Lacey, if there's somebody listening that is on the fence about, should I explore what it would look like to offer advisory services, CFO services, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. I would say to find a space where you could be alone for a little while and it's quiet and you could think about your typical day where you're feeling stressed with all of the IRS tax deadlines and just let yourself sit in that and feel that pain Mm. and then shift gears and imagine a day where you get to be at ease with your clients and with your time and like imagine yourself with a smile and really helping people and then use that as fuel to go take action and figure out how to implement that. Oh man, that's a great answer. Well, thank you so much, Lacey, for being on the show today. I loved it. Thank you for having me. And to everyone listening or watching, thank you so much for spending the last few minutes with us as we discussed how to escape the accountant's trap. Bye for now. <laughs>